Every day, people like you are making the decision to start their own business. During this process, there are any number of questions that may come up. On Entrepreneur's Think Tank, we dive deep into the minds of those who have done it before. Learn from their journey as you work to build your empire. Here is your host, Nicole Henderson. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Entrepreneur's Think Tank. I'd like to thank you for joining me today, and let me start by saying Happy New Year. This is my absolute favorite holiday. I feel like the New Year is a reset button, a time for you to start fresh on your business goals, on your life goals, and just things that you want to get done. You can put those things in 2017 behind you and set goals for 2018 and lay out a nice plan now for the year and get ahead of your planning curve and what strategy you want to set in place. So Happy New Year. I'm glad you're joining and you are joining for one of my highlights. Um, Soledad O'Brien is my guest today. She is one of my favorite journalists of all time. If you don't know who she is, she's a broadcast journalist. She's been an executive producer. She's had a number of shows and appearances that have been on MSNBC, CNN, Al Jazeera America, HBO, just been on a number of shows. She's won a number of accolades. Um, So just very well decorated um, as far as the awards that she has won, everything from the um, Emmys and the Peabody Awards to the 50 Most Beautiful People um, on People Magazine. So just wonderful stuff. And like, like if you're like me, you remember the work that she did on CNN, the, the Black in America, the Latino in America. Those series were so powerful. So I love the docu-style series that she has done throughout her career. But today, we're not talking to her about journalism specifically. We're talking about her transition to owning her own company, which is called Starfish Media. Um, If you haven't had a chance to look at um, her company in the background behind it, definitely look them up online, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But she's going to tell us about that transition, about what it's like from leaving that news role on a network and now having your own company. I think many of us can relate that have transitioned out of corporate America and into the role of following our passion and deciding what we wanted to um, do as entrepreneurs. So many of us can relate, um, we, but we're all at different places in our journeys. And so we're going to hear from Soledad and the journey that she has been on and where she's at now and where she sees her company going in the future. So take a few minutes and sit back and I hope you enjoy the show. And at the end, she's going to tell us about her nonprofit that she has and some of the work that they are doing there. Um, And we'll put a link in the show notes to that information as well. So Um, Listen out for that about her nonprofit and what they're doing. I really love what they, the work that they are doing around the country with that. So I think that you're going to love this show. Um, Feel free though to, to tweet us, um, send comments about shows that you'd like to hear in the future, questions that you would like to have answered by some of our guests. 
um, different deep dives that you would like to go on as far as topics as they relate to entrepreneurship. I love the feedback. We've been getting feedback from all around the world, and it's just amazing to see in the few episodes that we've done the feedback that we've received. So sit back, uh, take a few minutes, and listen to this interview. I think you'll get some nuggets from it that you can apply directly to your business. So enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur's Think Tank. I cannot tell you how ecstatic I have been um, getting ready to talk to you today. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, definitely one of my favorite journalists. If I were a journalist, I would love to be able to cover the the docu-style like you've done. But today we're not going to talk about um, journalism. I want to talk about your venture into entrepreneurship. Sure. Um, so for those that may not know, um, give us a short bio and then about um, yourself and then about your company that you've started. Sure. I, I started a production company, gosh, now about three years ago. And I was really interested, you know, in the most basic of ways. I wanted to just cover the stuff that I wanted to cover, if that makes sense. Yes. So I had done a lot of reporting, a lot of it that I really, really loved, but a lot of it that I didn't love, that I was not interested in doing. And so um, when I had an opportunity to start a production company, I knew that I would just get to focus on the things that I'd like to do. And then I could not do the things that I didn't want to do. And um, and so, you know, I, I decided that I would try to see if we could, instead of working just for one person or one organization, could you in fact sort of pluck? Could you say, I'm going to do this for this person and this over here and this over here, keep the level of quality the same, but really try to kind of connect the dots between the things that I found personally interesting. And so it turned out that it's worked out really well, actually. So I do a lot of reporting for HBO Real Sports. We're starting, we're launching a show on September 10th that'll be on her stations around the country. It's a syndicated show, Sunday morning show about politics. And then, of course, we continue to do documentaries. Uh, We're in the middle of producing a bunch of town halls around education and really just kind of working in those things that I'm personally interested in. That's got to be a journalist dream to get to cover what you want to cover. Yeah, it's a great and it's um, also a logistical nightmare. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I remember talking to um, a journalist here in Atlanta and she was covering um, when Bobby Christina was sick and she had to cover the um, hospice area. And it was such a challenge for her. I remember personally what she was talking about, how she had to cover it because she, she had to, it was her job, but she just didn't feel comfortable. And I saw, I can just totally imagine when you get something to cover that you don't want to cover and then having that opportunity to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to cover only what I want to cover now. Yeah, it's a really good opportunity. It's, it's very true. So I want to back up and talk about from conception to actually putting it in motion. What were some of the first things that you did to actually make this come to fruition? I think number one for me was the money. How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to fund it? What's the strategy? To me, the money kind of drove um, how you think about what your company is. I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to self-fund it because I didn't want to have to listen to other people around what I what I was going to create. 
even when I myself really wasn't sure yet. So that was very important to me to really have the flexibility of being able to do whatever I wanted to do with my own organization. Uh, number one. And then after that, I think you have to think about, okay, what it, what are you doing? What is the company? I mean, do you need 1,500 square feet? Do you need 3,000 square feet? All those things will, will drive um, the space that you get, the work that you're doing, the number of people that you're hiring. I mean, it really is getting very granular about what exactly are we doing? And I think that requires a lot of conversations around what exactly do you want to do? Why did you leave your last thing? What was always the goal? One of the things that I found interesting, in, and it's one of the things that I've come across in talking to other entrepreneurs, is that transition period out of corporate, whatever it may be, to your own thing. Talk about how that transition period was for you going from the corporate entity and phasing into your own company. You know, I think the hardest thing was um, being a CEO but not feeling like a CEO because I wasn't really running anything yet. And it took about a year before I really felt very confident in saying I'm a CEO and I felt like I was a CEO. I felt like a bit of a pretender at first because we, you know, I wasn't really running anything. And, and at the same time, I had a very steep learning curve. So most days I was you know, discovering that something I had done, I hadn't done quite right. I hadn't thought about this. I hadn't thought about hiring that. You know, Oh my goodness, what about HR? What about payroll? What about you know, all these things that I just had no training or knowledge of? So the first year was definitely a very steep learning curve and very annoying. I mean, I, it wasn't stressful as much as frustrating. Right to be every day, feel like God, dang! I just want to be good at this. Um, and so um, I think that that right because you went from being at the top of your game, <laughs> yes, to being like, so what exactly are the rules around paper? Right, uh, and who can answer that question for me? And and I always felt much more comfortable in doing the work. I loved when we were on projects. It's like, all right, this I know how to do. I know how to do this really well. Um, and so, um, sorry, those are the amps in my standard police cars um so i would say um that was really the first year kind of getting comfortable with being in charge understanding what was the thing you were trying to lead to and just getting more confident in your voice as ceo and i think framing that around how you're paying for things and are you going to take investors or not you know is a really important question to answer that'll that'll make a lot of difference uh, around how you end up shaping your company. Well, this leads me to the next question I had is, um, there's always some obstacles that entrepreneurs have to face. What would you say would be your one or two top obstacles as you were getting going that you had to overcome and, you know, you had the lesson, glad you did, but glad you've overcome it now. Yeah, honestly, it just was a sense, probably the most frustrating thing was just every day feeling like, and I had been working as a journalist for 20 some odd years, so I was pretty expert in that part of it. And just being a newbie, really just new, you know, and how do you set up the computer system in your office so that all of your, you know, your desktops are synced? Where do you put your server so you can hang on to all your content? Um, you know, like all those, how big should your conference room be? Where do you get the chairs from? <laughs> you know, you need to sit 10 people or, or eight people or four people. You know, so all of those things, I think I was just, I felt like I was being asked to make decisions on things that I really didn't have a ton of experience around. But what happens, of course, is that you just get experience, right? And sometimes it's because you mess it up 
that now your experience is you know better. And right, right, trial by fire. Exactly, and sometimes you get it right, and now your experience is, oh, I made some good decisions. So I think it's just, a, you know, my, my experience from that experience has been you just have to go through it, like anything. You just have to go through it because you start figuring it out, and there's no other way to figure it out than to just go ahead and figure it out. And touch on the one of the things you talked about prior to when we were are recording this was the employee piece of it. And it has been a trend in like half of the entrepreneurs that I've talked to thus far in uh, in this journey of creating this podcast have talked about those hiring obstacles that they faced. Touch on some of that that you've gone through and maybe some lessons you've learned there. Listen, I, I will truly say it, I don't think of them as obstacles. I think of them as opportunities. But it, like anything, I think the, the metaphor of you can't really get on a highway until you know where you want to be is a very apt metaphor, right? No, no more would you just point your car in the direction of New York and hope you get there. You would, you'd have a plan. And when it comes to hiring, it's the same thing. You know, that, that's going to dictate who, who do you need and who do you want and what projects are you doing and how do you hire people and what are you good at in hiring and what are you not good at? What should somebody else be doing for you? So, I, again, I, I never really thought of it as an obstacle. I, I very much enjoy hiring people. And uh, I got a lot better at it as I figured out what I wanted. Very rarely was it an individual who was a problem. Sometimes it was just me not really knowing what I wanted. You know, so you think you hire for X, but really what you needed was Y. So um, I think that that's just, uh, I I really have enjoyed hiring people because I think I get closer and closer to, you know, nailing it. And and sometimes it's figuring out, you know, what what do you not do well in hiring and, and where should someone help back you up? Mm-hmm. So what is what is one thing or two that you feel like you just got right and you just you couldn't believe it, but this went right. And what's one of those things that you could remember? You no, know, I've always had a really good gut. I think it served me very well as a journalist. So I really have gotten good at just at just trusting my gut, frankly. Um, you know, so I um, we walked into our space. I loved it immediately. We took it and we took another space downstairs to have a little studio and edit bays and hair and makeup space and tracking room. And it's just worked out perfectly. It's exactly the right space for us. Um, that was amazing. That was a fantastic decision. When I decided how we would, this, it's a very open space and we put up some glass walls. It was a genius. I mean, it's a beautiful space, exactly what I wanted, exactly where I wanted. For someone who's never, ever done that, that was a really good decision. And mm-hmm. I'd say most of the people I've hired, I really, you know, I, I make sure that they're hard workers who want to be here, who are really, really interested in the agenda that we have around the stories that we want to, um, you know, that, that, that we want to tell. And so I think we've done some really great hires as well. So leaning on your gut is another theme that I've heard. Do you feel like you make decisions quickly? Do you kind of mull over them a little bit? How do you think, um, how do you view yourself if you are reflecting on how you make decisions and do you feel that's beneficial to your business? You know, I um, some decisions I make very fast and other decisions it takes me a really long time. And I think the way I usually work is I run stuff by people when I'm trying to figure it out. My husband's an excellent partner on that. He's just so great at, I'll explain something to him and he's just really, really good about it. Um, so, um, you know, so I can say to him, so I'm having this issue 
and I kind of walk through it. And he'll, you know, because I, we know each other so well, it's wonderful <laughs> to have somebody who can really, you know, help you. Uh, and then I often, when I'm interviewing people, I, I now interview by committee. So I have a handful of people who help me with the interviews, which is great because then we can sit down and talk about the different people that we've spoken to. Um, but sometimes, you know, I, I sometimes hire people fast. Oh, you know, I wouldn't say fast. I sort of identify someone and then I stick it out for the long haul so I can really hire them. Um, and I think the other thing that I do is I've really done well in putting systems into place. So if I, where, where I do sometimes move too fast, if someone's asking me to do something and I'm interested, I'll say yes. And we just don't have the bandwidth to do everything. And so we got much right. better about slowing stuff down, about literally just saying, here's something we're interested in, but it may not make the cut. You know, just because we're interested in it is not a reason to do it. Um, and so I've just gotten much more aggressive about saying no, because as you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's a zero sum game. Every hour you're doing something else, you're not focused on your company. Right. And, and it's things that I tell my clients too. It's like, these are the goals that we're working on. Sometimes you have to hone them in, but, um, these are the goals and you got to make sure your actions are in line with the goals that you're looking to reach. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's got to be a plan. And I think all that comes down to that same thing we keep talking about, right? There's got to be a plan. What is your plan? Right. And you can shift from the plan, but you've got to have a plan. So what advice would you give to entrepreneurs um, just in general and then maybe some entrepreneurs in your industry specifically in, in journalism or those that create documentaries? What um, advice would you give? I would say I wish I'd spoken to more people before I left because I didn't really have a great network. I, I kind of left my job and then started running around talking to people and I would do it in the reverse. I would literally spend the year before I was thinking about leaving, creating a really good contact list of people and saying, I'm really thinking about leaving. Now that's always a problem in my business because that gets around. Right. But still, I mean, just, I, I wish that I had, um, I couldn't pretty much get anybody on the phone, you know? And so I, I wish that I had just spent more time really figuring that out. Um, because that's kind of what I spent my first year doing. Um, that would be one thing. Uh, and I really wish I'd taken a lot more accounting classes. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> truly, I, you know, I do budgets. I do, you know, it's, it's my money, right? So, and I need to pay a bunch of people. So I really need to understand budgeting, finance. Those are all things that I didn't have any skills in. And I really wish that I had, um, that I had done that. Well, and you're probably like like myself. I'm more English minded, so I like to write uh, NPR. You know, so I'm more English minded. So the accounting stuff, that yes, part of the business is not I, my. I would have said that, except when it's your own money, you get your <laughs> in accounting. You're suddenly very, very interested. So I right, I'm gonna call bullshit on that, and I'm gonna. <laughs> and it's your own money, and that you have invested in your own company. So suddenly you're like, you know what? Bring that budget back. Let's walk through right. again. Right, line by line. Exactly. So what does the future hold for Starfish Media? Where do you see it going um, a year from now, five years from now? What does the future hold? Gosh, we've just got so much going on. Um, you know, I think the goal is to really figure out, um, to get our production company doing more projects that we love. We do a handful. I'd like to do more. To say no to more things, I'll turn 50 next month. And I really, one of my goals around turning 50 is to, to do less, to spend more time doing the stuff that is really, really, and, and everything's important. I mean, I don't say yes to things that aren't important anymore, but I, I you know, I, it's a zero sum game. If I am, if I'm emceeing an event, then I'm not home helping someone with homework. 
So I, I need to be home helping someone with homework. And so I really think much more about that now and, um, and, and not feeling badly about telling people no. Just sometimes it doesn't work out. So before we close out, I wanted to give you a minute to talk about your foundation and the work that you are doing in that area um, so that we can let people know about what you have going on in that arena. Sure. I think doing work that is not the work of your company, but is work that's important and, and nurturing for you is really, really critical when you work you know, 12 to 15 hour days. And so when I started our, product, uh, our, our company, I really wanted to make sure at the same time we were really expanding our foundation as well. So we had started a, a foundation called Starfish Foundation right after Hurricane Katrina, actually. And we send girls to and through college. We do conferences around the country around girl empowerment. So my goal was to really make sure that we were putting a lot of energy and effort into uh, Starfish Foundation as well. You know, we now work with a lot of the brands that we are doing projects for also help support our foundation. It's been really, really a wonderful experience. Mm, that's great. We'll link that up in the show notes. I'd love that. Thank you. And I want to just thank you for taking the time out. I know you are extremely busy and I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us your knowledge about um, starting a business. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Nice to chat with you. All right. Thanks and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Entrepreneurs Think Tank. We know the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy. But when you dive into the think tank, we hope to make your experience a little better than it may have been. Until next week, enjoy the journey.